You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. And we're now just a little bit more than 72 hours away. Three days until Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Welcome in to BetQL Daily Live, coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Make sure you've downloaded it. If you haven't already, it's free, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and then you can take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to today and throughout Super Bowl 58 weekend and beyond for that matter. Make sure you download anything you may have missed after the fact as a podcast inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast and watch the show as well, twitch.tv slash BetQL. And on YouTube as well. I'm Chris Mack alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. We have got a full boat today. We've got prop bets. We've got novelty props. We're going to go off the board with a look back at the 2023-24 NFL season since it's just about over. BetQL Daily NFL Betting Awards for 2023. We've got plenty of guests. Jill Gallant on touchdowns. Charge, Paul Charging of Fantasy Football Weekly and Guillotine Leagues on just about everything we can pick his brain on. And Jason Logan of Covers.com because somebody has to get to the bottom of what Usher is starting this damn halftime show with. And we will talk mm. about it with Jason. Plus, oh yeah, by the way, there's still a game to be played. Uh, and there were hoops, both college and NBA variety. Last night, there's a trade deadline today in the NBA. Is anything actually going to happen? Or does the new CBA (laughs) kicking in in the fall mean everybody's afraid to do something? So much to get to our lightning bets before we wrap up. But let's start with Super Bowl 58 news. As much as there is, which there isn't much, basically the same stuff we've been talking about since the beginning of this week and late last week, Joe. George Kittle's toe still bothering him. He was a little limited at practice yesterday. Eric Armstead still bothered by a knee and a foot injury. He was limited yesterday. That's not new from their practices in Santa Clara last week. What is new is their practice field still stinks at UNLV. But Kyle Shanahan, despite a few mild complaints aside, says they're going to get through it. I mean, as far as injury news, the Kittle and Armstead stuff is rather minor. They're going to play. Don't know how limited they'll be once the game kicks off on Sunday. Joe Tooney, we talked about the last couple of days, Kansas City guard, uh, probably not playing according to Andy Reid. There's really, you said this the other day, there's really not a lot of injury news in this one. Yeah, that's the uh, the one to pay attention to. And if we're sitting here 
the week of the Super Bowl, talking about a left guard, nothing against Tooney, and th- there's a drop-off there to Nick Allegretti, who who has started in the past. He has experience, but, you know, he he wasn't graded out as the best, even though uh, the Kelseys gave him a shout-out on the podcast. It's kind of sacrilege to stay around here because he's from the area, um, like right around me, like mile radius. But it's uh, I, like, is that going to be a deciding factor in this game? Nah, I mean, nah. it, probably not. Like we could rattle off 20 other things that are going to be more impactful. But yeah, that's that's the one thing that looks to be standing out. And, you know, the Kittle one, we kind of addressed this yesterday. It That's why the prop so low. It's not just that Kansas City has a terrific pass defense, but that's why the prop is so low. And he's a guy, Aaron, that just, you know, he has those high-end games where he just destroys prop bets, sometimes doubles them. And then he also has games where he's not involved in the offensive at all, and he's uh, more of a block. Yeah, that's and that's a tough one to figure out from a prop betting perspective. Typically, I stay away from players who have stats that are up and down and all over the place. Unless you have some inside information, it really is truly gambling because this guy could go off and then he could not be involved. The other thing is, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about it. Like, I do think it's a disadvantage for the Niners to be at their practice facility prepping the way they are. And then you've got Kittle's injury. I I don't, I I would be very upset if I was the Niners uh, with their setup. I'm sure at the end of the day, it's not the biggest deal, but it's certainly an advantage of the year of the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a big enough advantage to affect game day, though. Like, it, because you do have both teams relocated, at least in my opinion. Like, okay, the Chiefs have the nicer facilities because they're working out of the Raiders facilities. And I, it, I've seen at least some Raiders fans and a couple of the players, are, I guess they're mad that their rival is working out in their facility. Get over I it. I saw that, your, too. Like, your city's hosting a Super Bowl. Yeah, yes. your city's hosting a Super Bowl. If you don't want another team in your locker room, get to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, so, I, I mean, know. you, you they don't have any They could have put the Chiefs complain. outside, though, at UNLV, right? <laughs> well, I, this has something no, to do with who's home, home and who's away, right? You're the, the home team for the designated home yeah. team for the Super Bowl. So, they so got if you're the, the home team, primary. you get the nicer facilities usually. You get yeah. the, the actual NFL facilities, and the road team, as I make the air quotes with my fingers, uh, ends up going to some college facility or something else in the area, which – is what the Niners get stuck with. So the Niners get the soft field at UNLV, and we'll see if it has anything to do with how they play on Sunday. But uh, if in a game that's this close, maybe you could make the argument that that's – maybe you're right, Aaron. Maybe that's enough of an well, advantage, it, right, in a two-point game? It's been raining out there. I mean, I would think it's not great. I would be frustrated and annoyed by it, it when you know your opponent me. has better conditions. Give me the Niners players crying about the practice field Super Bowl week. Like, that's the reason we lost. Give me that. I will fade all of you to the moon forever. <laughs> like, it's you are that soft. Like, you're supposed to be well, the tough team in the NFC. Like, give, you're give as me soft all as that, that field you're practicing on. Shanahan yeah, exactly. did give it the, the equivalent. Shanahan gave it the equivalent of like when I when I asked my wife about something and she's just like, it's fine. No, it's fine. He said, we're here. Obviously not. On it. What is it? Everyone has their preferences. (laughs) Wish things were better, but we'll deal with how it is. 
That's like, uh, hey, honey, did you unload the dishwasher? No, you know what? I don't. That's fine. It's fine. I'll get it. Shanahan gave 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 get it a big passive aggressive. It's fine, basically. Yeah. Listen, yeah. if I'm Shanny and the Niners, I probably would be annoyed. As someone who bet on the Chiefs, I love it. I was like, this is just one more nod in my direction. The Chiefs got it easier leading up to the big game. Go cry. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> give that, let that no. be part of the post-game festivities when we're sitting here on Monday, that the Niners were whining about the practice field about from a soft Wednesday. Practice field. Yeah. <laughs> After they spent all off-season, you know, whining about not having a quarterback due to their own fault in last year's NFC Championship right? game. Right, you know? yep, we we're, weren't prepared. We're not going to be in that position um, again, we're ready, yep. So, uh, speaking of crying, we'll get to my Sixers bet in a couple of minutes, but let's talk college hoops real quick. Um, <laughs> Auburn rolls past Bama, um, and Michigan beats Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers lose on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's on the road in the Big Ten, but it's, it's at Michigan. Michigan's bad this year, uh, but oh they lose gosh. outright. Um, col- hey, if, if, if you're willing to jump on the wagon with me, Joe, on college hoops betting the rest of the regular season, there's plenty of room. Saddle up next to me here, bud. Yeah. Well, I so I was on Wisconsin, figured it was a good bounce back spot, even though they were on the road in a conference game. Sure. I know it sounds straight, just strange just the way they've played of late. And you're at Michigan, who stinks. Exactly. Um, the, the timing is convenient. So if you're posing the question, are you going to quit college basketball? Are you going to take a college basketball break? <laughs> well, I'm taking a break anyways. Yeah, it's called after Monday's show. So am I going to be grinding college hoops while I shut it down? No, I'm not. And if I was on a hot streak, I would probably be doing the exact same thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll be taking a break coming up. And that, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, one and two last night for me. The NBA was good. College, bad. <laughs> he, I learned a lesson. Oh, go ahead. He, he's so excited about this vacation, Aaron. He's. I know. You, it's just... How Are you many going anywhere, times? or is this just like a, I'm five. going to sleep in every morning? Kind yes. of. You're going to mention it five more times. We're going to have to. Hear this, about is re- this, this is this is related. This is totally related. I sometimes I prefer, I I prefer staycation sometimes. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. Like just, sleeping in. Yeah, they're Due to work, finances, she's working. I have to have a. They're going to school. Right like, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm good. Leave me alone. Hey, man, I know Chris works a lot, but Aaron, you didn't have a Saturday show and a Sunday show for the entire football season. I do have another full-time job and run an Airbnb, and I'm a single mom, so I'm uh, equally tired as well. I know. I know. (laughs) Listen, some people are like, oh, you can talk about it. I don't care. (laughs) Um, All right, so I want to go to Sabonis because I did learn something last night. I had a feeling he wasn't going to get a triple-double three nights in a row or four nights in a row, whatever it was. Maybe I should just stick to his PRA. He went off 30 points. He only had, I think, seven assists. So he got there. He had a double-double, but maybe I should just stick to PRA because you just never know when he's going to go. I mean, he still had a great game, you know. just wasn't the triple-double. So I may have to switch up my process. Yeah. stupid. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the the value i mean I, I don't i don't blame you for for going in on it and sticking with the process sticking with the system roll with it yeah keep going 
Because what it does yes, hit, you I think triple double over the course of a season uh between him and Jokic you're probably going to be up because it's still plus money even though it's really hard to achieve yes. and it's only like plus 150 or something now 165 it's still you know it adds up over time that may I mean, be he the was thing out is... there the entire time but so like yeah. that's the other part with some of these stack categories where you need a bunch of things to happen like usually you need a competitive game uh, I'm not that really wasn't the case because he's out there almost the entire time. But yeah, I mean, just they it lost. happens so often. These prices are just kind of ridiculous now. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's it, it's getting to the point where it's not worth it, even if you are counting on, like you said, Aaron, like on Jokic. It, I mean, he's what he's at 14 triple doubles, I think, for the year. So it's like every three games, he's hitting one basically every three, three and a half games, every four games. Um, so is it necessarily worth it if it's less than two to one or less than 150? Um, I do want to talk about if we get time to talk trade deadline later and the NBA, which maybe we'll have some time in the final hour. Um, the Sixers, I know they were only they were down to one starter, basically. But that was like a G League lineup they rolled out there last night, and they got smoked by Golden State. Steph Curry, that's the first time since Steph Curry's rookie year that Golden State has won a game, I believe, where he's scored single digits. Um, I think he had nine points last night. So the Sixers are supposedly going to be the most aggressive team on the trade market, according to Woj anyway. I don't know what they're doing to sort of bolster themselves down the stretch. Like the biggest thing they're going to get down the stretch is the return of Joel Embiid. I don't know if you can go out and make a big enough impact at the deadline, Joe. Yeah. I mean, you, you did have Maxi out there, which was kind of up in the air when we were talking about that game. They gave up 112 in the last three quarters, 112 to the Warriors uh, playing on the road. So, I mean, they just keep sliding and sliding and sliding. So at what point, like, this is where the trade deadline is going to come into play. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot that we're on edge for, like that people are talking about impactful moves. But sometimes it doesn't work like that. That the, you get the one big move and everybody overreacts and then the futures price dips and blah, blah, blah. And that rarely comes through. But you also have years like last year where – you have a number of smallish moves and it ends up being better for the team. Some of those secondary moves, um, first guy off the bench sort of moves that end up working out like it did for the Lakers. Uh, I, I think we'll, we could see more teams going with that approach. Man, I just want the big splashy LeBron move, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, I mean, we're, <laughs> When, when the big moves we're getting in like the 24 or 48 hours before the deadline are like Xavier Tillman from Memphis to Boston. I mean, it's the kind yeah. of like, like Joe said, seventh, eighth guy off the bench, you know, down low defender sort of lineup bolstering stuff. I don't think. And again, because of the changes in the CBA where everybody's going to be afraid to spend big money or commit too much money in one direction or another going forward. I think we're going to get yeah. a pretty quiet deadline. It seems like. Which do, do, yeah, do you want a LeBron move to to root for or just because I'm kind of it's it's near the end, <laughs> right? I mean, is he gonna? Yeah, it is near the end, but I'll still tune in. It's he's obviously yeah. not the player he once was, but I like the drama. I'd like to see him go somewhere else. Knicks. I don't know mm -hmm. if I could deal with Knicks 
Oh just, my god, that would be amazing. I just the, I, <laughs> I know it'd be good, and but then after a while, be like, too? shut up. Oh, okay, yeah, sign oh, me up if, for that. If, if sign me up for well, that. Well, yeah, yeah, if the Knicks went from go- being on this tear that they've been on for the last month and a half or whatever to then you add LeBron. somehow pulling off a LeBron deal and going yes. in the tank, oh, he's the poison. Man. It would be a great. Yes. It would be great. So that would be good. That would be good. That so would be rooting against the drama. We're rooting we're against for. LeBron. <laughs> yes. Coming up next, we talk touchdowns on Sunday. All the big game touchdown angles and so much more with Jill Gallant of the Action Network and the Touchdown Show. As we are live, we're up and running here. Three days from Super Bowl 58 on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Samuel to the edge, steps through a tackle, now cuts it back, Devo Samuel through traffic for the touchdown! Ernest Jones had a shot, Darion Kendrick had a shot, but it's Devo Samuel who ends up with six. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Will you hear that on Sunday? If you do and you bet on it. It's like plus 175, plus 180, Debo Samuel touchdown. Welcome back in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. We are covered top to bottom today in Super Bowl 58. In 20 minutes, we go off the board and hand out our BetQL Daily awards for the 2023 NFL season. A little different than probably what you'll get from the NFL honors tonight. Super Bowl novelty prop draft at the top of the hour as well. So much more on the way, including lightning bets at the end of the show. But if we're talking touchdowns, we got to bring in the guy from the Action Network and the touchdown show, Jill Gallant. Jill, Debo, plus 180. Uh, there's CMC out there. But I know the, the problem with Christian McCaffrey, and you, you're sporting your Christian McCaffrey shirt for everybody watching on Twitch yes, and sir. YouTube. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is good at football. Uh, the understatement shirt of the year. I love it. Um, the thing with Christian McCaffrey is you're, it's juiced to like two to minus two, 250. Um, so what's our, what are some of your TD bets and how do we get around the juice on some of these touchdown scores? Sure. Yeah, yeah, Chris, that's a good question because with Christian McCaffrey, it'll look like a safe bet, minus 200 to minus 250. And I mean, if you would bet one unit on him for – every game that he played during the regular season, you'd only been up about two and a half units in profit if you had just done one unit for all 16 games. But the thing with him now is that what you're seeing is his usage has completely skyrocketed in the playoffs. For a running back to play over 90% of snaps is just not something that you usually see. Uh, so now the prices are kind of justified from an anytime touchdown perspective, but it's not very fun to bet. Nobody really wants to bet two and a half units to win one unit on a touchdown prop. So I think if you're going to bet Christian McCaffrey, you may as well just bet him for a first half touchdown. It's anywhere between plus 130 to plus 140. So, so far in these two playoff games that we have seen with him with the Niners, four touchdowns in two playoff games. And as I mentioned, playing over 90% of snaps, But in 18 games played, including the playoffs, he has scored in 15 of those games. Well, in those 15 games, the first half touchdown was scored in 13 of them. So about 86% of the games that he has scored, he scored in the first half. And the Niners, 
They're obviously very good in the first quarter. They've scored on their opening drive in 10 of 19 games. Their first off, their first half offense rather is top five in points per game as well, along with the Chiefs. So uh, the other thing too is right now you're seeing a very popular angle for the second half under around 23 and a half due to the fact that the Chiefs 18 of their 20 games have gone under that. What that means for me is that I'm going to be looking more at first half or first team touchdown scores because I think the second half of this game, just based on what we've seen from the track record of these two teams, scoring is kind of drop off a cliff which makes touchdowns even harder so uh, i think if you're gonna bet christian mccaffrey for a touchdown in super bowl 58 you might as well just play him for a first half touchdown at plus 140 given that he has had two red zone carries in the opening half in both playoff games yeah i mean that's a tough one joe at second half sometimes team doesn't matter like these super bowls just go crazy you know but you're right with what we've seen with these two teams this year it's been Mm -hmm. more more scoring in the first half. What about some uh, other anytime touchdown bets? Uh, anybody besides CMC in the first half that you're targeting? Yeah, for sure. I think, well, Debo Samuel, I think you could still play him for an anytime touchdown. The anytime touchdown market in this game and really in primetime games in general, Joe, super steamed now, especially for the top guys. Uh, pretty much now what you're seeing from sportsbooks now is they will purposely steam the top guys to eliminate betters like me who are looking for those discrepancies right off the hop. And then what we'll see is that as we get closer to kickoff, those odds are slowly going to start to climb back up as that market matures even more. So that's why Debo Samuel right now, probably seeing the best odds around plus 160. I think that's going to get back up to about plus 170. Again, I would still bet it at plus 160. Now Debo is the ultimate gadget player for the Niners with 13 touchdowns, eight receiving, five rushing. But why I really like Debo in this spot is because of the odds, Joe, because last week we had injury concerns about Debo coming to that game with the Lions. He still closed at plus 125 to score uh, despite not scoring. And from an historical odds context, because I track the anytime touchdown odds for every single player in the NFL, he hasn't been above plus 160 for an anytime touchdown since week one versus the Steelers. And then obviously this Chiefs defense the three main guys of Debo, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle could all have pretty decent games against this defense because even though their secondary is really good, they play man coverage at a top five rate. And when you go look through the analytics, all three of those guys have just crushed man defense this year. So if you're going to give me as well, Debo getting two weeks to get fully healthy, Shanahan scheming up these plans and, and plays for him. This is my favorite Niners touchdown bet more so than the Christian McCaffrey first half touchdown bet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I know it's a little late in the game. You probably bet on MVP a little earlier, Jill, but mm-hmm. do you think there's any value still in this market? What would you do? We know quarterbacks tend to win it, uh, but there's some people who make the argument, especially I think for the Niner side, that it could be someone other than Brock Purdy. Where would you go? 
Yeah, the two guys that I bet, and I think this is something that I would tell uh, my, my followers, but even your listeners as well, that the value really on Super Bowl MVP is when you bet it during conference championship week, because you could have had Travis Kelsey entering that Ravens game at 80 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. And now he's around 14 to one. Same thing with Debo. He was about 60 to one entering the Lions game. Now he's around 25 to 30 to one. I still think those two guys outside of the quarterbacks are my favorite bets to make, mainly because there's that narrative now out there about Travis Kelsey and and that this could be potentially his retirement game if he if they go out on a swan song, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of narrative that will play into that. I just also think that Debo is one of those few players that when he makes plays, it is not dependent on Brock Purdy. A lot of the time he will be able to. So if you're being able to narrow down who's responsible or who gets the credit, you know, for that. Debo trucking a guy will get way more credit than Brock Purdy throwing it to him. So uh, I still think there is value on those two, but I think going forward, that's something that I would say to everybody every year is that instead of just maybe taking a money line or a side in the conference championship game, take who you think is going to make to the Super Bowl and you'll get way better odds there and you'll be sitting on some decent tickets. Because even like Patrick Mahomes was 5-1 to one for Super Bowl MVP entering the conference championship. Now it's about plus 120, just a little bit more than what the money line is. Joe Gallant, Action Network, and the Touchdown Show. A fresh episode will be out Sunday before kickoff to get you ready for Super Bowl 58. With us here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. So, I know you come up with some of these fun bets, Jill. We 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 got the squad rides, right? So yeah, we were talking. We were talking before we came back from break. You you went way deep down the rabbit hole on coaches' challenges. You got to tell people about this. Yeah. So essentially, you can go on, you know, a lot of different data sites like Pro Football Reference, wherever else, and just kind of go through and comb through all of these different coaches' challenges. And uh, just looking over our last three season sample size. I think the first coach challenge you want to bet is Andy Reid and the Chiefs at minus 105. Uh, Over the last three years, Andy Reid is about 0.28 challenges per game, while Shanahan is around 0.2 challenges per game. Now, I know that doesn't seem like very much of a discrepancy, but based on the implied odds, that should not be minus 105 on both sides. That should be closer to minus 140 for the Chiefs side. And even last year in the Super Bowl, Andy Reid was the only coach to call for a challenge as well. Now, another thing, too, if you really want to degen this market and really escalate, I would say if you're going to do it, just sprinkle. Don't go full units on this. But you could go over one and a half coaches challenges. It's about plus 250. I mean, when I was looking through all these challenges, uh, in Shanahan's challenges, 60% of the challenges that he made, the opposing coach also had a challenge as well. And Andy Reid, same thing for him. It was about 60% as well. So to me, I think there's a big upside that both of these t- coaches could end up challenging a call, especially given the fact of the stakes of the game. Uh, let's talk about kicking. It's uh, it's one of these games. It's weird. Like I'm looking at kicking props as well. And part of the reason is because both of these head coaches can be very conservative at times, sometimes, sometimes to their detriment. Um, I feel like there are so many props by the end of two weeks that end up being popular and kicking are popular too, but I could also name like 20 other props that are also popular because there's so much to talk about. What is your angle uh, with a special teams prop? Sure. So I was considering over 47 and a half yards for the field goal. I was maybe even considering over two and a half field goals instead I just, you know, because again, the squad ride, I thought it would just be way more fun if I'm at a Super Bowl party to root for a missed field goal. And you could you could bet that for a kicker to miss a field goal around plus 115. 
And I mean, you're looking at Jake Moody, who is a rookie kicker, who's going to be playing in easily the biggest game of his life. He's missed a field goal in both playoff games so far, going through the season log five of nine between the ranges of 40 to 49 yards. And then Harrison Bucker, obviously a bit more reliable, but for what it's worth, he did miss a field goal in last year's Super Bowl. And also the Chiefs, again, we talk about the second half, only averaging about seven and a half points in the second half uh, for offense, but also ranking first in opponent points per game in second half. So the, I think the field goal chances are going to pick up as well uh, in that second half. I just think with a total around 47 and a half to 48, especially in this late game, I think you're going to see a lot more field goal attempts. And I'm going to bet on Moody to have continue to have the yips. <laughs> I've got to admit, that's a fun one. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think of that one, but uh, cheering for that is a good time for sure. Uh, anything else in terms of the squad rides that uh, you'll be telling your friends at uh, to bet on at the Super Bowl party? Yes, absolutely. And this is uh, probably the last one, one that I can think of, but it's so fun. It is called the Broctopus. So instead of betting on just a regular octopus market, you're going to be betting on Brock Purdy to score the touchdown. And then also, but the market that's at the sports book, he doesn't have to run in the ball. He could just throw the ball and it could be Kittle, Diva, oh. whoever. So that's the catch. So it's around 14 to one, which is right around the same price as a regular octopus. But the reason why I wanted to do this is because of the fact that the two point convert doesn't have to be run in or caught by Purdy to cash. Now, Purdy, he's only had two rushing touchdowns this year. Both are on quarterback sneaks. Uh, again, all eyes are going to be on CMC and Debo at the goal line. I would also say this about Brock Purdy, and I think you guys have noticed this too, that they've kind of kept Purdy in bubble wrap since he hurt his elbow last year. And as the games have gotten bigger, and as the games have gotten bigger, rather, like you're seeing his rush attempts now pick up. Six rush attempts yep. in the NFC title game, five in the divisional round. We have about fair odds for an anytime touchdown for Brock around plus 750. Obviously, the two-point convert is the big hang-up here because if you actually go through the entire data for the entire year, the Niners have yet to go for two all year. They just, However, because of what I just talked about, having a kicker that may be a little bit unreliable might shank some. Maybe they feel they're more inclined to go for two here. Maybe he misses a field goal, and that starts to get the score to get uneven, which would put them more in a chance to go for two. So that one, again, I would not recommend to be putting full units. And this is more of the pizza bet ride, like five, ten bucks, maybe twenty. You know, whatever you're you're going in with the idea that this is meant to be fun. But Broctopus at fourteen to one. That's easily the most fun market I could think of for the I mean, Super Bowl. J just for the name alone, Jill. I mean, the the Broctopus. And that 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 alone is enough for me to be in on that one. Just in general, like you focus on scoring, you focus on touchdowns. So, like, yep. is there a concern that this is going to be a lower scoring game? You know, we've talked over the last couple of weeks, scoring's down in the league over the last four years. Um, yes, these are two pretty good defenses, second and third overall defenses scoring wise in the regular season. Uh, is there a thought that a this thing comes in under the total and not just comes in under the total, but is you know. Are we walking away with a, a rather unexciting 17 to 13 kind of game here? Um, I don't know if we'll see a 17 to 13 game, but I do think majority of the scoring is still going to happen in the first half, just because of the scripted plays and the way that these both coaches are that we've seen them scheme up. I mean, we watched it in the conference championship games. Those opening drives are just masterful by both teams. And then it's going to be the adjustments at the halftime to see how that goes. But you're right about scoring. That is what has led me to be less inclined to want to look down the pipeline and see, Oh, what I, 
Would I want to bet on an MVS touchdown? Would I want to bet on a Kadarius Tony touchdown or uh, even a Kyle Juszczyk touchdown? All of these, again, I would say if you want to bet them, that's awesome. Have some fun. It's the touchdown market. But at the same time, like you had just said, Chris, you kind of have to go in with the mindset that scoring continues to trend downwards. So you almost have to reduce your volume on that front and be very careful with how many touchdown bets you put out there because you'll be going, you can't just spray the board like you could maybe like three or four years ago. Great stuff, Jill. We, Oh, no, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was going to say really quick, anything else that you had your eye on that we didn't touch on? About 30 seconds. I mean, at this point, I am just hoping that uh, we see some uh, a decent halftime performance from Usher. I feel like right now uh, the bars would set really high. Um, But I would say right Mm -hmm. now I am seeing some markets where the song Without You uh, is not being included in the set list. So you can get it around plus 150 to plus 200 to be sung at the halftime show as somebody who has attended an usher concert and has actually been and watched usher shows that is his closer i would put money on it that that would be the last song played at super bowl 58 halftime okay good stuff he not only brings the touchdown props and the scoring bets he brings the usher knowledge for the halftime show as well from the action network and the touchdown show again a fresh episode ready to go on sunday to get you ready for kickoff of super bowl 58 Jill Gallant. Jill, thanks so much. We appreciate it as always. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Coming up next, we go off the board with our BetQL Daily Awards right here on BetQL. Time for Aaron Hawksworth to take us off the board. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you on this Thursday, getting closer to the Super Bowl. We've had to wait until Saturday to get the uh, season-long award winners, but we will find out tonight. I know Paul's on the edge of his seat uh, for a couple of awards he'll be waiting for. So we decided for off the board today, we're going to do our own BetQL daily award. So really this is going to go to, um, bets that we were making and, you know, whether it was a, a total, a side cover King, uh, prop King, whoever you want to go to Joe, where would you like to start? I'm going to start with an award named the tease. If you want to call it some kind of a tease, that's fine too. Um, I'm giving it to the Buffalo Bills. They're six and six. I didn't waver from them. All six losses, one score losses. You know, the Jets opening night, the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Bengals, Denver, Philly, all one score losses. That Philly one was overtime. Then they go on their bye and they make a change at offensive coordinator. And then is it the Bills got better? The Bills were smarter about the way they did things or just variants because then they started winning all these close games. And in a lot of people's heads, like, oh, these are the Bills we were expecting. They win their last five. They don't lose after the bye. They win the division. They get the two seed. After sitting six and six, they end up with the two seed in the really good conference. And then they just fall flat. Oh, big surprise to Pat Mahomes. End up losing. What a tease by the Buffalo Bills. I kind of feel like they're the closest thing to America's team 
that we have them or Detroit because people want to see them finally break through and they feel bad for Bills fans as long as you don't have um have a dog in the fight on the other side but uh yeah my, my tease of the year the Buffalo Bills I at, when they were six and six I found some ridiculous numbers I got them 50 to one for the Super Bowl 40 to one I had some like 20 to one AFC numbers feeling great about it number two seed and then we know what Love it. So for this one, I ended up going to my bet slips and looking at bets that actually won and to see if there were any trends there. So the first one I'm going to go with, I don't have, um, what could I call it? The CD Lambo ladder. I don't know. <laughs> kind of corny, but like basically Corny's all good receiving sometimes. yards, for C.D. Lamb, there would be so many Fridays we would look at his receiving yards prop and still it couldn't be high enough. So looking at C.D. Lamb receiving yards, whether you just bet the the total that the books were giving you, you did alt yards, you laddered it. C.D. Lamb receiving props uh, was definitely a fun one for me. Just don't do royalty. Don't do the king, the queen, the prince, the pauper. Like everybody does that in this space. You can't just do whatever we do. Like we can't have an award with royalty in it, right? Because it's all been done. I, who is doing I have the one. pauper? <laughs> pauper? Oh, yeah. that's I got that in my back pocket. Don't worry. You just got to throw After you say prince too, you got to throw that one under. <laughs> so I do have the wonderfully generic cover kings. But it's also, it's got like, the plaque is getting larger that we put on the front of the trophy because it's okay. also the Joe Ostrowski <laughs> Memorial Award to the Detroit mm. Lions, 14 oh, and six against the spread this year. No one is a bigger fan of Dan Campbell and yes. the Detroit Lions than our Joe O. And so they win the cover. I mean, look, best record in the league against the spread this year, 14 and six. I got to give it to them. So that one, I mean, when you mentioned royalty, Joe, I had to dive straight into that one. Oh, I can't wait to fade him next year. It's going to be so delicious. <laughs> like, this can't happen four straight years. It's been three, not just, like, barely above 500 ATS. Like, destroying it. Like, way over 60%. Um, so, I hope they get ridiculous numbers. You're, I, it's deserved, as long as uh, we have the caveat of regular season. Because when it really counts. <laughs> um, I have a player. Not, I'm going away from team. I'm going to a player. And this guy is the fraud of the season. Absolute fraud. But people bought in. There was a time when I probably bought in as well. He only played in five games. Flacco the fraud. There's no doubt about it. The fourth quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this season. Look at him pushing the ball down the field. Flacco's going to lead them. And then they go on the road to Houston in a wild card game against a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and they lose 45 to 14. Flacco gets my fraud award of the season. <laughs> oh, man. These are well, becoming where, negative. Yeah, where sad. are they at if not I mean, for Flacco <laughs> down the stretch, right? They're not in the playoffs, maybe. They're stuck with DTR or whatever, you know. Flat. Flacco may go, be a fraud I in the dare playoffs, them, but I dare them to go into the season with him as a game one starter. It's never happening, but oh, I would. No. I dare Please. them. <laughs> I dare <laughs> them, because now you're going to help me make a decision on on that dis Fully decision. Flacco the was the quarterback of the Lions. Then Joe would really be in heaven. 
there's yeah oh man there's our system for next year the the flacco fade anytime flacco starts fade it see if it works it might be short-lived like maybe after a couple games then you gotta like go all in the other way Yeah. yeah All right, up next, CJ slinging it, CJ Stroud, another guy every week, his passing yards prop, he's going over it. We kept waiting for him. Oh, he's a rookie quarterback. He's due. He's going to go under it. And no, he would go over his passing yard prop again. So have to go with CJ Stroud passing yard props for mine. Yeah, those aren't going to be nearly as low next year, right? Like that's gonna, no. That's actually you, one not, thing I want to bring up with C C D Lamb and C J Stroud. You're probably it, they may not be as bettable next year, um, but hey, sometimes you just got to ride the wave. Lessons Texans learned. Win total, all those things are going to be short. Like if D'Amico Texans doesn't win tonight, be... yeah, D'Amico will probably be the favorite for Coach of the Year if he doesn't win tonight. Especially if he doesn't win tonight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, my next one is called Give Them All the Points. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They started the season four and five. I mean, it came on the back of like a win against the Patriots, so take it for what it was worth. Um, they were five, four, and one against the spread at one point. And then then they remembered they were Washington. And the commanders didn't just <laughs> didn't just go down in flames down the stretch. They went down in flames into the side of a mountain, rolled down the hill and into the water and drowned. The commanders were a disaster, <laughs> going one in six against the spread in the last seven weeks. And by the end of the year, their average margin of defeat was 11 points. That's on average. That's including games they won. Average margin in commanders games was minus 11 and minus seven against the spread. You could bet them against the spread and still clear it by a touchdown on average by the end of the season. You had the blowout uh, in Dallas, then followed by the blowout against the Dolphins, and then a few weeks later, they sort of limped to the finish line, losing to the Niners and the Cowboys again at home, and another blowout that meant really nothing at that point. Give them all the points. It doesn't matter. They're still the commanders. Oh, I add them to the list. Another fade team next year. I can't wait. And just, the, you know, the teammates on the network make it even worse. Like, I can't have them having any sense of success. This is not going to happen. Dan Quinn's going to be like, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> with the players that he has to work with. It would be a miracle if he got their defense to the middle of the pack. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. All right, I've... I've got a win total award and I wanted to, to create an award for a team that just smashed the win total the most. Um, this is the shocker in multiple ways. The win total was beaten by five and a half games. So maybe you think I'm being negative, but I have to give them credit. It is hard to beat a win total by five and a half guys. The Panthers win total was seven and a half. We click, we quickly forget that they were supposed to be in the middle of the pack with a rookie quarterback. And we knew it'd probably be bad. He didn't have any weapons, Bryce Young. He's a little tiny man, but it's just (laughs) two wins. You were supposed to be in the middle. They had two wins. 
everybody bet the bet that under good job. The other part of the reason it's such a shock, not only beating it by that much is the bears were so right with the trade. They found the team that was go and made a trade with the team that was going to be by far the worst in the NFL. Uh, so now they have the one and, and we'll see if they stick with Caleb or trade out of that. But uh, yeah, the shocker award goes to the Carolina Panthers five and a half games. That's a lot. That's being way off what everybody expected. That's a fascinating thing, too, about rookie quarterbacks. Which one's going to be good? Which one isn't? Uh, commanders. Man, Another that... reason to fade the commanders next year, right? Yep. They're going to have a rookie oh, quarterback. Yeah. Any chance I get to fade the commanders. I mean, all this Dan <laughs> Quinn love makes me want to vomit, Joe. I'm glad every, I don't even have to deal with Shanahan's it. Even Shanahan's coming out. Love the guy in like singing all the praises for all the commander's moves. Yeah, that's because you're not here, Kyle. Like he's probably laughing inside as he's saying all these nice things about Washington. Gonna be right? bad. Yeah, gonna be bad. Mm. Okay, my next one. He didn't play the full season. Run, Danny, run. Daniel Jones rushing yards props. Oh. Those were oh, nice wow. this year. I was open for uh, who's that guy that played quarterback at the beginning of the year for New England? What's his name? Another loser. Mac Jones. Mac <laughs> Jones. Yeah, I forgot about him. You <laughs> forgot. You forgot his name. Wait, yeah, I forgot oh, about Were you so serious right now? I love I it. His name. <laughs> that's uh, so terrible. We also that's forget the most Mac Jones thing forever. Mac Jones <laughs> unders. All the executives who were like, we don't even want a third rounder for Mac Jones. No. That was fun. No thanks. Is that guy. <laughs> like he's Tom Tupa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's, there's, wow. We're just going to name random third string quarterbacks for the rest of the show. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our week of Super Bowl prop drafts. And yep, we're going to get a little crazy on this one. Our favorite novelty props next right here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.